I wouldn't even get started in any aspect of being an entrepreneur without creating a system of, of branding and channeling information to your, uh, your customer. Okay, we are recording. Today I have on Mark Barnes. He's the founder of Times 10 Publishing, the creator of the Hack Learning series and Hack Learning podcast, as well as a published author. Numerous titles under his belt, including Make Writing, Hacking Assessment, Hacking Education, Hacking Leadership, Hacking Engagement, Homework, Literacy, Project-Based Learning, and Hacking the Common Core. So quite a prolific author as well and uh, a seasoned entrepreneur, which is why I have him on today to talk to us. So Mark, thank you for coming on. Ian, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, you said seasoned entrepreneur. I'm not sure that's entirely accurate. Uh, it depends on what your definition is. You know, I've been at it uh, about five years now. So. Seasoned author. We'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> we'll, we can go with that. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm always excited to, to talk about entrepreneurship and startups and all because uh, my background is really education. I was a classroom teacher for over 20 years, but mm -hmm. uh, this is what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, looks, you know, from the background of the books, it looks like you're living and breathing it. So, uh, so my first question for you is, you know, you have this business. This is the beginning of the video. What is your business hack learning? What do you do? What products and services do you offer? Yeah. Well, uh, hack learning is, uh, it's really the brand under the book series. So the, the book series is called the hack learning series. Mm -hmm. uh, my company's called times 10 publications, but um, hack learning really started out as, as a single book. And uh, three or four years ago now, I was co-authoring this with a good friend, Jennifer Gonzalez, mm -hmm. former classroom teacher too. And uh, we, we had talked back and forth about some ways to solve problems in education that are not being solved. And we said, you know, there's, there's got to be some easier solutions to some of education's bigger problems because in education, we tend to often say, you know, let's go with a five-year plan or the 10-year plan or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, we just started sort of um, knocking out this book and working in a Google Doc. And, you know, the conversation continued to grow. And the next thing you knew, we were talking about different ideas. And, and Jennifer said, you know, this could probably be a whole series. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's what happened. The next thing you know, you know, I said, hey, that sounds like a cool idea and started working with some designers and coming up with the name. We were calling the first book Hacking Education. So I said, what about the Hack Learning Series? And uh, anyway, the next thing you knew, you know, as, as you said, you know, one book turned into two and three. And now uh, we're getting ready to launch book 19. <laughs> in, uh, in That's May. a lot. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's happened pretty fast. And so I, I was a classroom teacher. So I took a, a basically my background as an educator and said, how can I apply it to something that helps teachers get better? Because that's really what I wanted to do. But then that grew into a business. And so, you know, I, there was a lot of learning to be done. So now I run a publishing company. We knock out books. We got a new series coming out later this year and I've got a great crew of authors who also get out and present. So we do some professional growth as well. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of different avenues you guys are expanding into. Definitely. Uh, and one real quick question for the publishing, are you now expanding to take on new authors under the hack learning umbrella or just separate, separate, uh, separate brands? Uh, well, I, I think it'd be more accurate to say under the times 10 uh, umbrella. So yes. We're, um, yeah, I mean, we're growing all the time. We've got about 30 authors right now. Wow. And, um, you know, a lot of those are coming back, which is great because uh, their books have been successful and we have a great working relationship. We're still pretty small. 30 sounds like a lot, but actually we're still 
pretty small by industry standards. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of people coming back to write more books and we're rolling out a new series called the Unseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, depending on when this goes out, it might be the first time people hear about it. And it'll come out later this year. And uh, I've made a connection with a, a great guy named Chuck Poole who runs a site called Teachonomy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's doing a lot of cool things similar to, to what I started out doing in entrepreneurship. And I said, hey, what, what do you think about doing a book series? So now he's going to, that's sort of what I, I refer to as a spinoff because it'll have a similar look to Hack Learning. Each mm-hmm. book will have sort of a formula. Yeah. Uh, and Chuck's finding the authors and, and sort of producing that. And then times 10 will, pr- will publish the books. Oh, nice. And the Unseries so, is on, what's the topic for the Unseries? Uh, it's, it's still books for teachers, okay. but it's, it's more, whereas hack learning books are very practical sort of how-to books. Mm-hmm. The Unseries is going to be a little bit more inspirational. So like the first book is called Unforgettable. Okay. And it's, it's going to be written by Chuck Poole and it's all about uh, how to become the teacher that your students never forget. So that book, it, it, though the unseries books will have a little bit of a formula too, but they're, they're more about how to um, inspire teachers to be the best they can be. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's going to be a spinoff series under times 10. Right. Yeah. That's huge. That's a lot. You have a lot of projects. Um, so going back to how you started times 10, yeah. it, you know, in business, people talk a lot about testing a minimum viable product. Right. Searching through Hack Learning's site, it seems like for you guys, your minimum vial product was your initial, it says you had a blog post with three core ideas about what was wrong with learning yeah. and how to fix it. Yeah. How did you get that idea out there? How did you test it? What was the response? How did you get that response? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and that really is, um, and a lot of people, I don't tell this much, but that really is how Hack Learning got started was on yeah. that one blog post. And, you know, I was, when I first left the classroom, I was out presenting and I was really kind of trying to brand myself. So Mm -hmm. I started a blog and just, you know, knocked out content constantly. And then I was out in the field and I was building my Twitter presence and just, you know, I was really trying to brand me someone who helps educators. Was this like markbarnes.com or how? Um, No, the, 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 uh, blog was called brilliant or insane. Ah, yeah. Um, so I just, I just came up with that based on, I, I wanted to put ideas out there that were somewhat polarizing, yes. you know, like saying, Hey, traditional homework's not cool. You know, we should be yeah. different. Well, a lot of teachers will say, well, you got to have homework and a lot of, <laughs> what is there oh, without homework? Good, you know? yeah. So, so that's where I came up with that name. Some people said this, this idea is brilliant. And some would say that's insane. Nice, nice. Um, so anyways, I, I just came up with this post thinking, you know, there's some things that I bet principals could make teachers' lives better if they did these things. And I whittled it down to three. And those were faculty meetings hmm. and, and giving teachers a voice in decision-making yeah. and then finding a space for teachers to have quiet planning time. Mm-hmm. And that was really on my own experience. I thought, um, I thought faculty meetings were terrible. They were just a huge waste of time. Yeah. And I said, there's got to be a better way, especially in today's digital world. I said, well, I can't principals just take anything that would go into a faculty meeting, put it in a, an online place like a Google Doc or Dropbox and share it with educators and then create a back channel. Say, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about this, we could do it on Twitter maybe. We could create yeah. a, a hashtag or something like that. And then uh, with teacher voice, uh, same thing. I was saying we need to leverage the power of social media 
So let's create spaces where teachers can share their ideas and principals can say, hey, we're thinking about doing this or changing this policy. What do you think? And then the last one, quiet time, that actually became a, a chapter in Hacking Education, which was the first book. And, uh, and, it, and we called it um, Teacher Quiet Zones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just at a conference and a guy came up to me and said, hey, we've totally implemented Teacher Quiet Zones at our school. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So anyways, when I, you know, I talked about Twitter, I started sharing this stuff out and people were tweeting about it, you know, and yeah. they're going, oh, this is such a cool idea. And, and, you know, here's some other things that we could fix in education. And someone said, you know, this whole thing could be a book. Yeah. And that was just sort of it. That was, that was the turning point where I, I reached out to Jennifer, who was a friend of mine in the blogging world, because she runs a super popular blog called Cult of Pedagogy. And, um, and that's really where we had connected. And we yeah. were always talking about blogging and, you know, how to reach more educators. So, you know, we just started writing the book. And then, as I said already, that, that led to conversations about how this could grow into more. Yeah. Uh, so that was really the tipping point was that blog post talking about three things we could fix. And that gave me the idea, let's expand that to 10 quick fixes for schools. And that's yeah. the subtitle of Packing Education. Awesome. Awesome. I love this because you're such a classic story of branding a traditional, you know, a job in a very traditional industry teaching and becoming an internet entrepreneur with that expertise. Um, and it's really, it's awesome how you did it with the personal branding because that is just like, classic put yourself and your ideas out there you know test the response and build from there and you just just yeah and and it's and it's tough in some niches to do that you know like you mentioned like in in education Mm -hmm. like teachers you know a lot of teachers really struggle with branding themselves you know because and i always say you know it's always about the kids you know and like with our series like people recognize me as the face of hack learning and i say well I'm just a guy that's producing it. The, the real faces are the people writing these books. You know, yeah, they're the yeah. ones that are in the trenches doing it. So that's a tough thing mm-hmm. because, you know, there, there's a lot of people who say, oh, you shouldn't be too promotional. We're here for kids and all that. And, uh, but anyways, I knew that if, if I wanted to get my message out, which was the ultimate goal, was to, to make education better. And I knew if I was going to do that, you have to have a social presence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's important. And I don't understand that argument because if you have a social presence and you have thousands of people watching you, I mean, you better believe those people are going to do better at their job with thousands of people watching what they're doing every day. Like one complaint from a student or teacher online could ruin your image. So I feel like those people are definitely going to be paying more attention to what they're doing. Yeah. That's a great point about the, the negatives that are out there too. And, and, you know, so I think we do have to balance that with the positives. Mm. Yeah. I agree. So you talked about one thing, this isn't directly related to entrepreneurship though. It could be because planning is very important. Uh, what is teacher quiet time exactly? And what does that look like in, in the workplace? Well, really a lot of people, if educators watch this, they would say there's no such thing. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that was the tough thing is that, you know, when I was teaching, most of my experience was in the, the middle school. I taught uh, mm-hmm. about 18 years in the seventh and eighth grade uh, building. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's chaotic, you know, there's yeah. noise. So, you know, not only when you have your kids in your class, but then kids moving from one place to the next. And then even if you don't have a class, so you have your planning periods as a teacher where you don't mm-hmm. have students and that's supposed to be your quiet time, but it's never that. Mm-hmm. What it turns out to be is that, you know, kids are walking into your room. Maybe they came from another class because they needed something or they were on their lunch break or study hall. Oh, and no. <laughs> into your room for whatever reason. Yeah. 
Yeah. I need help from Mr. Burns. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, or it's other teachers yeah. who are just walking in. You know, it, it's a constant revolving door. Yeah, that's a nightmare. So, so that was one of the things we thought about was, you know, how can we create this space? And that's what the, the teacher um, quiet zone was all about, was, was to set up this place. And, you know, schools have these. And that's basically what we do in Hack Learning is we, it's not always brand new. Sometimes we're finding things that exist and we're just sort of doing something different with them. And that's mm -hmm. that whole hacker mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at a conference last year doing a keynote and I said, we're rebranding the hacker because everybody looks at the hacker as a horrible yeah. thing. Yeah. And I said, in education, the edu hacker is something that's really actually pretty cool. Yeah. We're taking problems and we're looking at them through a different lens. Yeah. So I said, you know, our, every building has a, a space that's probably not used. And uh, we just we just talked about finding those spaces and setting them up and branding them as uh, a teacher quiet zone and a place that has certain set rules where teachers go in there. They're there to work. Mm -hmm. There's no phones. Take the phones out. You know, you can't have people call in. It's not a place to set up your parent teacher conference. It's not a faculty lounge. We're just going to hang out and chat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a place you go to get quiet and to do whatever you need to do. So that was one of our classic uh, hacks in the first hack learning book. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Cause that's so important in every field. You know, I know, I, I don't know if you've read the book, but deep learning or uh, the author, Oh, he talks about how important it is in, unless you're an executive or making calls as a salesperson, how important it is to have that space and time where you do that deep work, you know, whether that be really wrapping your mind around course planning in the future or, you know, software engineering, but having that, space how key it is um that's awesome yeah. that, and, and the, that you know and in my world now you know my my quiet zone is where i'm sitting you know i'm mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually in i guess what we would call the den in our house yeah and but you know my kids are at school my wife's a teacher so she's at work and this is my office this is where it all happens and you know that quiet time is really important so you know i i like to spend some time once the kids are off to school and, and the, the wife's gone to work, you know, coming in here and before I dive into stuff, just sort of having that peaceful, um, you know, sort of meditative time where you're thinking, okay, what's ahead and, and let me get myself focused. So it, it is super important. And that's the thing that I learned, you know, it, from a lot of um, great entrepreneurs out there, mm -hmm. uh, to, the things that make you successful. And I think having some quiet time every day is important. That's awesome. No, I agree. I, I'm horrible at doing work in a distracted environment. I have to literally lock myself away. Um, so one of the things you mentioned a little in your blog post is the idea of how to solve problems and why you kind of look at that idea of being a hacker as important. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is an idea that's very important for entrepreneurs as well as, you know, in the teaching community. What about being a hacker to you or hacking a problem? What about that is important to you? How do you look at it? Yeah, I, I think that um, it, traditionally in, in almost any job, we have we default to, to solving problems by putting committees together and creating these long term plans. You know, I know that that's that's the plan in education. It's always the five year plan and work backwards. Where do we want to be in five years and how do we work backwards? And, and I wouldn't want to suggest to your audience that it's it's that's not important. Because I think certainly in a, the entrepreneur world, you do have to look out to the future and say, well, where do I want to be next year and the year after and so on. But if, for me, the hack learning mentality is I want to solve problems right now. And, and I know in education and in probably any job, 
There are problems that plague people daily that they go, man, I, I wish I didn't have this issue. Mm-hmm. And, and it shouldn't be that hard to solve. So what we do is just look through a different lens. I find that oftentimes the, the simplest fix is the one we look past. It's right here. You know, it's right in front of your face, but we're looking out so far to the bigger things that'll fix a problem that we miss the things that are right here. You know, like we talked about the, the faculty meeting, you know, it's like you, you really don't need faculty meetings in school. And then if you apply that to other professions, very rarely do you ever need the traditional meeting anymore. Yeah. We're still doing them. We're still sucking the time away from our employees mm-hmm. with these face-to-face meetings that you just don't need. And yeah. sometimes we put groups of people in meetings and the meeting's not even relevant to them, yet we pull them in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there, it, it's just so easy in today's world to create digital spaces where you can funnel work and, and agenda items and you can create back channels with all the amazing tools. I mean, I, I probably spend 40% of my day working from my phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the world we're in now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the things for me the hack hacker mentality is what is an easy way to fix this that a lot of people just dismiss because they go that won't work yeah no or or they're just not used to it right yeah uh yeah no that's really interesting um so with with that the the meetings in particular because i would and this might not be directly related to entrepreneurs, but I'd like to get an idea of what you're talking about. Cause this is something that applies to all industries. So you suggest that people create digital spaces where any of the issues or resources brought up in these meetings can be you know, allocated. So people can visit them as needed on an individual basis and not have that time taken away from their database. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, we use two things. So I, I think that there's two, two pieces of this that are important to work together. And again, this is that sort of hack learning mentality is, you take multiple things and use them in ways that people haven't considered. Mm-hmm. So if, if you think of what we, we called it a bin in hacking education, we said we want you to create a back channel and a bin. And the bin is, is the online system like Google, the resources. Dropbox, Slack, and anything that where you can put uh, agenda items, where you can carry on a conversation, where you can put video, documents, any of that stuff. And then the back channel, there's so many of them. Like I like the tool Voxer and, and not that, you know, we have to get into a tools discussion, mm-hmm. but you know, Voxer is voice recording. So, and you can do it individually. You and I can use Voxer back and forth, or you can create a small group of people and then you're recording your voice. So it's sort of like the phone call, except you're recording your voice and people can listen back to it anytime you want. So when you combine those two things, so like in my work, I, I use the tool Slack, which, you know, and again, there's so many out there. I'm not saying you have to use this or yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't work for Slack. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, you know, for me, Slack works because you can create different channels on there. So just to, to clarify, to put some, a fine point on it, when we do books, we, I create a channel on Slack that is named the book. So we might have a channel called Hacking Education. Yeah. So everything that goes into that channel is about that book. It could be a document with a manuscript. It could be uh, image files that are ultimately going to go into the book. Mm-hmm. They're going to go into that one place. Well, when you have a ton of projects and each one of those is named, you know where everything is. So the organization piece is phenomenal. Yeah. And then anyone who's in that channel gets pinged when something goes in there. 
So yeah. you, and, and of course it has an app, you know, in yeah. today's world, everything's online and it's on your device. Yeah. But then you still need to communicate, you know, like we are now, you need to, you need to talk because everything doesn't come through clearly in writing. Mm -hmm. So that's where we also use Voxer. So if I'm using um, Slack and I have a channel for my book, I'm also going to have a group on Voxer that includes me and the authors. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're going to put something on Slack and then I might follow up with that quick little message on Voxer and say, Hey, I just wanted you to see this item that I put on Slack and I wanted to talk a little bit about it. So you understand it more clearly. Mm -hmm. When you combine those tools and, and those communication styles, you, you there's, there's really no need to go face to face. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, other than something like this, there's no reason that you have to gather in a place to meet. Yes. And, and the pushback on that's one of our favorite parts of hack learning books is we have every chapter has a section called pushback. So we say, what are people going to say that why this doesn't work? Yeah. I think that's so important to that hacker mentality again is when you create something new and fresh and different, people are going to go, Oh, that won't work because yeah. So we, we anticipate those problems in our books and say, here's what people will say why this won't work. Well, one of the things is people say, well, you know, teachers still like to get together. So we, we, we want to meet face to face. Yeah. yeah. And of course the answer, the answer to that is great. Do it, you know, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. go out to a bar, have a beer. Yeah, um, exactly. But you know, exactly. you don't have to talk about work when you're doing that. So yeah, uh, there's, yeah. that's, that's a great that, idea. Other than enjoyment, that's, you know, meeting yeah. out at, for a drink or a coffee or going to a golf course or whatever. Yeah. The face to face meeting is just really not needed. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome too, because really separating that, you know, what needs to get done to accomplish this objective versus, you know, what do we want to have as part of our work culture? Um, that's awesome. And that's great. That's great for any company. Uh, so, okay. Getting back to the, <laughs> I could talk to you all day about this, the hack learning, but getting back to how you started the company. So you, you branded yourself. It sounds like you had a pretty, uh, disciplined, thoughtful effort in branding yourself, knowing that you wanted to start something. How did you go about that? What were the resources, books, blogs, you know, mentors you had? Who are you kind of following, you know, their approach, their strategy to doing this? Yeah. Um, well, in, you know, the thing that really helped me was uh, a combination of books and, and podcasts. And I, okay. and I would recommend, or the kind of stuff you're doing here, you know, I would mm -hmm. recommend podcasts, video, um, video blogging, any of that stuff, and find the experts who um, can help you. Yeah. So what I did when I realized, first of all, I'm not a businessman, you know, I'm an educator. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge for me when I started my company, I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that I needed good people around me, but I knew that there was so much that I had to learn about running a business mm -hmm. and, um, and a startup especially. So what I did is I went out and I looked for people who do that. So I, I'll just give a couple of names. So Pat Flynn, Oh yeah. Is, is a great guy. Great. Uh, he, he runs a podcast called the smart passive income. I think it's it. It is. SPF. Yes. Yeah. Smart passive income. Yeah. Path one stuff is amazing. Show. I was actually a guest on his show and that, and that's another, a whole different. That's awesome. Story. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, and that's that awesome. came from the Twitter. You're talking about branding. Yeah. That, me that's being, so cool. Me being a guest on Pat's show, yeah. which is incredible. You know, he gets millions of listeners every month. Yeah. Me being yeah. a guest on his show came from someone tweeting about it. Someone mentioned me and Pat in the same tweet and said, Hey, Mark Barnes, 19 is my Twitter handle. Hmm. You've got some cool ideas. You should be on Pat Flynn's show. That's so and, wild. And then, and then Pat just reached out to me. So it was really <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, 
Cool. But anyway, so I, I, I got sidetracked and forgot my, lost my train of thought. So we're talking about what? Remind me. Oh, just the personal branding, like who you were. Oh, yeah. So besides like Pat Flynn, like who else, yeah. I guess, his strategies uh, were you using? Yeah. Another one is John Lee Dumas. Uh, JLD does. Oh, he's awesome. Another podcast, uh, EO Fire. I think it's. Yeah, Entrepreneurs on Fire. Yeah. John Lee Dumas is awesome. And, yeah. and he does what, what's cool about JLD is he does a show every day. Yeah, mistake, and I know it used to be. I'm not still sure if it still is, yeah. but he used to be the the only guy who did a show every single day. Yeah, and and he has great people on, you know. Mm. So he had he has people like Pat Flynn and other people who yeah. are like the stars in startups and entrepreneurship and business, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's great because it's not super long, and it's just you know you get the same sort of template every time. Yeah, and they tell their story and they talk about hurdles and. And, you know, so what I did is I just sort of started consuming that content every day. Yeah. And, you know, so I was working and learning. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what you have to do. You have to, first of all, it's really important to recognize what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's easy to jump into something and go, oh, yeah, I can do this. And in today's world, everybody says, oh, you, you, can, you can do a startup. You can be an entrepreneur. It, you know, everything is set up for you. And it's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, first of yeah. all. Uh, yeah. The first part of what I said is true. The, the tools are there like never before to start your own business. You know what I mean? Like I could 10, 15 years ago, I could never publish a book unless I went out and set up warehouses and bought printers that cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. In today's world, you don't have to do that. You know, yeah. I don't, I, other than the stuff you maybe see in my room here, I don't warehouse books. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ship books and I don't print books. Mm-hmm. Yet I have 19 books under my hack learning label and that we sell all around the world. We sell books on five continents. Wow. So, so the tools are there for you, but you got to learn how to use them. Yeah. You know, like I didn't really understand print on demand, which is what people like me do. If you're yeah. a small independent publisher, you use print on demand. You don't set up a printer and warehouse books. I had to learn exactly what that meant. So, you know, in addition to listening to people like Pat, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas about how to run a startup and the things you need to do to be successful, I then had to also go out and find information uh, about these, these tools. And a lot of that's just out there, you know, on Kindle. I mean, I, I went to Kindle and looked up, you know, how do you sell books on Kindle? How do yeah. you sell books on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble? Uh, also, co- online courses. Yeah, uh, I, I probably spent in the last year or two. I bet I've spent five to ten thousand dollars. Yep. Yeah. On online courses. Yeah. And it's necessary. It you is. Know, that's yeah. A necessary totally expense because there's nothing like completely immersing yourself in a course where you have experts who have been doing it for years, showing you step by step. Here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So that's a key too. Yeah, no, that, that definitely is online courses. I mean, there's a lot of garbage out there, but there's yeah. so much, ins- there's so many insanely valuable courses. I and I've spent money totally on agree. some garbage, you yeah. know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what those are, but uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, and, and I look at that as an expense, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. say, Oh, well, you can't, you, you look at the money you blew on this. I mean, I, I spent five or $600 on a course a year or two ago and I, I didn't learn anything from it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, but you know, to me, that was an investment. I, it was still an, an expense that I'm going to write off, Yeah. <laughs> but I still had to do it. And I, you know, you, there's going to be times you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. And that's a key thing. I think you have to learn as a startup or an entrepreneur is that you're going to do things that miss and you got to be prepared for that. And then you just got to keep going. 
Yeah, so not all the bets are going to work out, but you're trying to get that one that that pays pays all of them back. Which if yeah, if you get one good online course that teaches you something about your business model that's missing, it's like <laughs> definitely worth it. Um, speaking of that, for your business model for publishing, do you do Amazon publishing? How do you do your fulfillment on your books? So that's we use we use uh, we use Amazon Create Space, okay. which is which is their printing company. Mm-hmm. So Amazon owns CreateSpace, but they, they operate as two independent entities. And then, so I put all of our books on CreateSpace and then they actually send those to Amazon and they warehouse them and ship them. Okay. Um, we also use Ingram, which is the largest book distributor in the world. And so anyone, I mean, your major publishers, they yeah. use Ingram as their distribution channel. Mm. And Ingram will also print and then they ship to, they, they service Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. um, libraries, small independent publishing uh, or, or booksellers. Mm-hmm. So Ingram services them. So, so you can use Ingram and not CreateSpace, um, but I, it works better for me if you use CreateSpace too because it's, it's a financial piece. You save money mm-hmm. selling on Amazon when you use CreateSpace, even though Ingram can ship to them. Okay. But if you want to get a book into Barnes and Noble, if you want to be in libraries, if you want to be in the independent booksellers, you have to use Ingram. Oh, so we I see. Them. And then for, for the eBooks, I use uh, Kindle direct publishing. Mm-hmm. But we actually have three different providers. So I'm, I'm, and these are all different files and you know, that's the sort of behind the scenes machinations of a small publisher is mm-hmm. you, you have all kinds of different channels you're using for distribution. And that's really the most important thing. If you can't get your books out there in front of people, you know, you die. <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So that, you know, there's a lot of that when we get through the, the real work, the writing and the editing and the design and all of that, then it's okay. Now I've got to get these files and get them to create space and Ingram and Kindle and all of that so that they're out there for the world. Yeah. All the, get all the different formats correct and uploaded. And so so for Amazon CreateSpace, that's your main physical publishing arm. The Kindle Direct is digital. And then Ingram is for all the other retailers that you might not reach through Amazon's physical publishing. Yeah, you, yeah, you summed it up beautifully. And yeah, so yeah, so we sell primarily through Amazon. Okay. And as, as I think most publishers do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, we still, you know, we sell thousands of books a month in Barnes & Noble and libraries and and even a lot of small independent publishers or booksellers. So you, you have to have Ingram for those, even though most of what we do is through Amazon. Yes. And just to get a little bit granular for people interested in the publishing space. So you learned how to set all the back end up, make sure you had the, you know, editing and files correct for upload to these various vendors just through books you read. And was there anything else like any YouTube well, tutorials well, yeah. or just, just books? Well, all of that, but also what I learned is that, um, and I, I wish I'd learned it sooner. It, and I actually learned this in a, a course. We talked about taking courses. Yeah, yeah. And I got into a great online publishing course. And this person who's been doing it for decades um, taught me that one of the best places to go for help is to create space and Ingram. Mm-hmm. They have their own, like if you go to their sites and you, you search for, you know, just to do a keyword search for anything you want, they have articles and videos on it. Yeah. So I wouldn't say just don't still look for the other people out there who are doing it, 
but um, they have great customer service. Create Space, I can get them on the phone in five minutes. <laughs> and, and it's amazing. You, you wouldn't wow. think, you know, you wouldn't think that someone that's, an, that's connected with Amazon yeah. is that good, but they're incredible. Wow. And, and they have an automated service. You go on, you click, you type your phone number in, your phone will ring in seconds. And if yeah. you literally click, call me now. And you're what? immediately. Wow. And, and within five minutes, you'll get a person on the phone, usually faster. And you can ask them anything. And it's just amazing. So that's one thing I would tell anybody who just maybe wants to self-publish a book. You know, maybe you'll have somebody watching and says, I've been thinking about self-publishing, but I'm scared of it. Yeah. And it can be scary. But that's one thing I would say is if, if you want to put a, a, a hard copy, a paperback book on Amazon and you use CreateSpace, anytime you have a question, call them. So they're definitely trying to help authors to get stuff out oh, there right yeah. now. I mean, you know, it benefits them. You know, I mean, yeah. that's CreateSpace is all about people like me and, and the individual who wants to do a book. They're mm -hmm. about individuals who want to self-publish and small independent publishers who aren't printing their own books. So, and there's Amazon. So, many, so you know, trying it's, to just take over physical books. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. So that's yeah. the big thing is you just call them and 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 they're helpful. Plus, they have tons mm. of articles on their site. Ingram is the same way. If you go to, it's actually Ingram Spark, and um, is their their print on demand arm. Yeah. And if you go there, they've got they've got videos, they've got articles. Another thing that I discovered with them is it's, that's awesome is. They actually help you market. They have a whole blog oh, wow. that that one of their um, categories on their blog is marketing. Yeah. So you know that's one of the hard parts too. You know, it, it, once you get your book out there, if you're an independent or you're a self-published author, you, you know, if you don't market, your book ain't selling. Yeah. You know, if you're not, you know, if your name's not Stephen King or Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, or you, have to, you have to market it. Star, you know, you, you better be doing it yourself. And there's a lot of tricks to it. And it's great when you go to those places that they have blogs that will say, hey, here are some strategies for marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah. spend a lot of time in those spaces. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like to learn, you know, the whole back end of the publishing industry and then learn the marketing piece. Yeah. I bet you have spent a lot of time on tutorials. Um, <laughs> so we got into the publishing a little bit. Um, in general, I guess, going back to in general, if people want to start their own thing, you know, as an entrepreneur or just go out as a solopreneur, what, uh, I know you mentioned listening to podcasts, but what would you suggest those people do if they're, you know, at a job and they're thinking about switching into trying to do something like this? Well, I'll tell you, that's a great question. And I think it's, it's one of the most important things for people to consider. Uh, the, the first thing I would say, we talked a lot about branding. Yeah. I wouldn't even get started in any aspect of being an entrepreneur without creating a system of, of branding and channeling information to your, uh, your customer mm -hmm. or a, a, um, your avatar. I, that's, that's another one of those things I learned from John Lee Dumas. <clears throat> Had somebody on talking about defining your avatar, the person, everything about the person you'd want to sell a service or a product to. Yeah. A lot of times people don't know what that is. For me, that's, that was a little easier. You know, I want teachers and school leaders. But, you know, if you've got a different product, it's important to think, who is the person who might buy this product or service? And before you even build your company, set up your, your LLC or your, your whatever, however you decide to set up your company and start production of anything, you really have to think branding first. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is build a social media presence, 
uh, start building an email list. And, and if you don't, if a lot of people look at this and go, I don't have any idea what that is. And I would go right back to um, what we were talking about with finding information, uh, find a course, look up um, courses on building email lists. List building is gigantic. Yeah. And oh yeah. Your, your list is going to be your most important thing in, in any startup or in for entrepreneurship. Those are the people that you're going to constantly go to. And you know, it isn't, you're not constantly saying, Hey, go buy my product. Um, but I, I took a marvelous list building course and I, and this was actually after I was a couple years into this Okay. and I had already built an email list of, I don't know, two or 3000, not huge, but it's pretty you know, good though. It's still a pretty good size. Yeah. But I still felt like I wasn't good at it. And I, and I was on a bunch of email lists and I was looking at what people were doing and there's so many layers to it. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I, I got to bite the bullet on this and I got to go get some information. Yeah. And, I, and again, I spent you know, quite a bit of money. I don't know, four or 500 bucks on this course that lasted six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you had constant access to the information. Plus everybody who's doing that now, they're creating these private Facebook groups and you can yeah. go interact with people. And I learned so much about list building. Uh, and, and I waited too long for that. You yeah. know? And again, if I were just saying, if you said, what's one thing you have to do immediately, it's, it's list building. You have to build yeah. And don't let anybody tell you that, that email, email um, marketing is dead or yeah. it's not true. Yeah. And, I, and I read stuff about that all the time. And it's just, it's as far from the truth as anything. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have a list. And I'll tell you, honestly, one of the mistakes I made when we talked about all this branding, Ian, is I spent too much time in the beginning focusing on social media, which is huge. You have to have it. Yeah. But my thing was, I'm going to build my, my Twitter identity. Mm-hmm. because you know there's there's so many connected educators and I wanted to reach those mm-hmm. so I worked on Twitter and and I learned everything I could and even eventually started teaching some courses on connecting on Twitter mm-hmm. and and you know and I have you know well over a hundred thousand Twitter followers and you know all kinds of groups that good. <laughs> and all that yeah and it's yeah. And it work you know again yeah. if you're not a big name you don't just get that yeah but I'll tell you what if I could go back in time I would have switched that model and although I would still want to learn Twitter and be out there, I would be list building. Yep. Um, I know some really successful entrepreneurs who are also educators. They're not necessarily publishers, but they're maybe selling um, online courses or things like that. Or they're branding themselves as a speaker and they want people to recognize their name for conferences and all of that. Mm-hmm. And they focused on list building. I know some educators personally, they have, they have 50,000 people on an email list. Oh, wow. That's really and I'll good. tell you what, when you have 50,000 people and you're constantly giving them excellent information and then you have something you want them to buy and you've built that credibility as an expert and you hit that list with your product, it's incredible what you can do. So that would be the first thing. Definitely. I would say start list building. And if you're, if you're watching this and going, I just don't know what that is. Cause you know, there's tools. I mean, there's so many different ways to deliver email. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a, I would say, go look it up, find eBooks on it. You can find stuff on Kindle for either free or 99 cents. And, and there's a lot of value to it, but I think ultimately you're better off if you've got the money to invest in some sort of course about it. Some sort of, yeah, no, definitely. That's such an important skill. Um, that's a hard one to master too. What, uh, what, what was the course that you use? There's two you mentioned, one for publishing and one for list building. Yeah. Um, 
Um, if you don't but, remember, that's fine. <laughs> and and I should too, because I was in these courses uh, and I want to get the names right. And, I can always throw in the show notes too. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great. Maybe yeah. if you put on notes and I can email it to you. Uh, yeah. the, one, the one for publishing, the, the woman's name is Amy Collins. So anyone okay. who's interested in, in the uh, um, publishing, self-publishing, any of that. If you just did a search for Amy Collins, and I think she runs a company called New Shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has phenomenal stuff out there. She does webinars, and you can get a lot of free webinars. And I mean, ultimately, with the webinar, they're asking you to buy something. Yeah. yeah. But I can tell you from that Amy Collins only provides excellent stuff. Um, and again, disclaimer, she doesn't pay me for that. <laughs> As you thought, it took me a second to come up with yeah. that. And, and I'm, I'm really ashamed of myself that I can't come up with the name of the course for list building, but I'll email it to you. Oh, not at all. Yeah. We'll it's really quality. And that's the other thing, as, as we talked about, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not good. Yeah. So I think that it, it would help people to have uh, a reference from someone who can say, yes, I took this course mm-hmm. and, and it's really important. And, and yeah. the other one, and we could get it, we could talk forever about it, but the other one is Facebook advertising. Um, I, I took a course and uh, from a guy named Maxwell Finn, F I N N. Okay. And um, and and it's amazing stuff. Yeah. And, and and it's you know it's got some pricey material, but a lot of people look at it and go, oh my god, that's so expensive. But yeah. I'll tell you what, I I took Max's Facebook advertising course, mm-hmm. and one month later, I quadrupled my investment. Wow. Four times. That's yeah. four times in a month. Yeah. So I mean, you can't find value like that. Yeah. And, and that's another piece, you know, if you've got a product or a service, um, you have there, you got to spend money on marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's a great coverage. I mean, product development and, uh, you know, distribution, traffic and list building. There you go. That's pretty important, pretty important topics. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, I feel like we could go about entrepreneurship or education either way, probably all day, but, um, uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. My, my last question for you would be, uh, what, is there anything I should have asked you that, that I didn't or anything you'd like to recommend for people out there? Um, I, I mean, just if people want to connect with me, um, to, to talk either about the publishing world or education or, or even startups. I love, you know, I don't do this a lot in the social channels because yeah. I'm branded brand as an educator yep. and, and a book publisher. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love these conversations. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Mark Barnes 19 and, uh, I'm on Twitter every single day. So people oftentimes will just, you know, mention me in a tweet or, uh, I'm, I'm, I actually have my Twitter set up for private messaging. Even if we're not connected, mm-hmm. uh, I get private messages from people all the time. So if somebody's on here and say, Oh, I'd like to ask this or that, um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. And you and said it you was just, Mark Barnes 19. Yeah. At Mark Barnes 19. Okay. And then if you just, you know, anything, if you want to learn about um, publishing or hack learning or any of our new series, if you're an educator, um, hacklearning.org. That's 